Hey, hey friends. friends, this is Davion. It's Bruce, and this, this is, is oh, that's my gay friend. Episode number six. Hello, we've started from the bottom. Now we're here. We are here. Hello, people, people out there in podcast land. How are you doing? Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. Hey, husband. Hey, husband. How was your week? How are you? How are things? I am great. Week was well, but I want to get to the most important part of What's this that? podcast. Having our friends get the cock tell. You guys know what it is. Come on. You guys are ready for it. We're going to give you some time to get your cock tell together. And we will... Let you know our libation selection for tonight. Tonight we are having, of course, it's a little mix-up. It is a little mix-up. It's a mix-up. It's a mix-up. Mix I'm it's... not sure how I feel about it, but it is a little mix-up. <laughs> well, if you don't like it, you don't have to drink it. As my so... glass is empty. <laughs> <laughs> and the refill that's coming next. So, yes, we are having a gin with ginger ale and lemonade. Yeah, and the lemonade is throwing me <laughs> off a bit with the gin because I love the ginger, but the lemonade is kind of like dulling that a little bit. So it is an adjustment. So I feel like I, I'll go back to my regularly scheduled program next week. But, okay. you know, I, I'm embracing the change, uh, the whole 4th of July week of it all. Change is sometimes necessary and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, and sometimes we just don't know what to do with ourselves. So you're saying you need the carbonation, you need that. Oh yeah, I, I mean, and I also feel. love the flavor of ginger. I just don't think lemonade works well with gin, with this type of gin. Well, I so feel like those flavors are very eclectic. It's kind of a mashup. It's kind of our drink is having a threesome. It's having a threesome because you have gin. And lemonade is a Tom Collins. Then what we normally drink will be gin or tequila with ginger ale. So we're having really a threesome right now. So we're yeah, but I don't up. think it's a good one. I think it's like one of those <laughs> weird threesomes where the rhythm is off and like people are hitting each other and, and you like not, don't know what to suck. It's just not working. It's yeah, just not. it's like a little awkward. Like people are elbowing each other. It's not a good threesome. So the threesome that. We're talking about threesomes that we've never had a threesome together. So that's the funny part, except for right now with this drink and our friends out there. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are welcome. Welcome to another welcome episode to of, oh, that's my gay friend. <laughs> All right. So let's get this toast going. So by now, you guys should have your cocktail ready. So, yes, we're toasting. Let's, what do you want to toast to, babe? Let's toast to a prosperous week. An eventful weekend and an amazing rest of July. There we go. Cheers. Clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. Hope eyes. everyone had a great 4th of July uh, weekend and 4th of July day, if that's something you observe. Yeah, America sucks. So Yeah, there's nothing um, to really celebrate. You know, it's nothing really celebrate. Especially with rights being taken away yeah, from until, folks left and right. Until they overturn vote Roe versus Wade, you know, America can do things to itself. That, to itself, you know. Um that's just how we feel. We're not trying to get political with this. People have difference of opinions, and I, I respect everyone's opinion. But I also respect that women should have the right to choose to do what the fuck they want with their bodies. Amen, amen, and amen. Yes. 
So, back to the schedule program. So, mm-hmm. my week, you asked. Yes. It's been a really good week. Large in part because the person who I call supervisor has not fucking been here. So, Uh-oh. that's kind of fucking amazing. Well, let's hope she's not a friend of the pod. <laughs> hey, I don't... I'll, if she... I know one person, and then that one person says something. I know exactly who the fuck it is, and, <laughs> and so and he's coming for you. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you want the smoke, we good, <laughs> but we've been boys for a long time, so I don't think that they were they would compromise uh, the friendship with mm-hmm. that. You mm-hmm. know, I can respect you have a relationship with that person. I respect it. You know, respect that you have. Also, respect that we have some type of relationship as well. Mm-hmm. But if it ever got Back, I don't really care <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I you know, I'm indifferent about the person, but I'm just saying my life, my professional life, yeah. as it relates to work, has been fucking great because I don't have to have no pressure, no one being a overseer or what is the word I'm looking for? Is this god micromanaging? Micromanaging does not work That's with my worst. clinical beliefs. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, we're all licensed clinicians. I don't need you to babysit me. I don't need you asking me questions. I need you to give me administrative directives that they give to you. Mm-hmm. That's it. My license is on the line. I'm good. Thanks. So have you ever had an experience where you've had a supervisor that you've been close with or that you've really liked and enjoyed when they are there? Yeah, not in a long time. It's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I have had that. And so coming from that where people, you know, trust you and, and that whole dynamic of situation, it's different when you have someone come to your unit and your unit is already strong in itself already. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a supervisor for eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. We were great. Mm-hmm. They decide to want to do this. That's fine. Again, mm-hmm. all licensed clinicians, we're good. We don't need that much supervision mm-hmm. so when, when a person's trying to find their place it's like again give me administrative directives and verify my time card that's yeah. all so moving away from work how was your week my love how's your week been going well it was great because moving away from work i haven't worked at all this week <laughs> because i have been in jury duty Come on, Regine Hunter. I have been serving my civic duty, uh, doing what I can. I've been L Woods, going to the courthouse <laughs> every day this week. Yes. Um, with that being said, jury duty is a joke and the biggest waste <laughs> of taxpayer money I can think of. Really? The case is over, thank God. Um, but it was the m- most ridiculous thing that i've ever experienced now were you on the johnny depp case that would be were you no i cannot okay. i i i wish i was <laughs> oh no i am free to talk about it oh, you're free to once talk the about case it. Okay. is over the judge explains that you can talk to it you can talk about the case to anyone that you wish okay. including the lawyers uh that tried the case um a lot of people give their feedback as to why they came up with the decision that they came up with okay. and a lot of lawyers prefer hearing that like it helps them out for their future cases. Okay, I can see that. It was not the case for me. As soon as he let us go, I got the fuck out of there. <laughs> because one party represented themselves. Bless his heart, he was every bit of 19 or 20. 
Oh. Um, and he knew absolutely nothing except for how to wear oversized blazers with no shirt underneath. So what was the outcome of the verdict? We found him guilty. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> After deliberating. After deliberating for about Four hours, uh, which was not fun because we were split in the middle. Oh, really? Dead in the middle, six six. Um, and it took your boy. You to flipped sw- him. I swayed three people, and we only needed nine out of the twelve to agree. And I swayed those three people. Come on, convincing bitch! Come on, you better come through, Listen. husband. Pump through. Listen, <laughs> I had to drop facts on the girl to get out. <laughs> Um, but yes, that was my entire week. It was my first time. It was exciting because it was different and new. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I never need to do it again unless I want like a good juicy murder trial. Let's Let me explain. <laughs> Why? I want to see two lawyers giving a master class in the legal system. Like I find it interesting. You know we watch documentaries and like the staircase, like I love the courtroom portion of that documentary, like where it focused on evidence and listening to things. And like this case was a shit show because the teenager didn't know what he was talking about. The lawyer on the other end wasn't a great lawyer at all. So it was just like National Lampoon's goes to the courthouse. I could have done without it. Okay. But that was my week. Glad it's almost over. It's almost over. I mean, so that is an experience you can have. You have now. I'm you can check pocket. it off the box. You don't need to ever do jury duty again. You've done your civic duty to your country. Hello. And furthermore, to your fellow gay brethren that y'all <laughs> felt guilty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, girl. <laughs> you pulling stunts. Got to call you on it. Gotta call you on Stunt Queen. Oh my gosh. But since we are in episode six. Yes. And we've been doing this for over a month now. Yeah, six weeks. Listening back to our episodes, is there anything that you wish you could change or that you dislike? Like for me, going into this, I thought it would be my voice. But I I've learned I don't mind my voice. No. And this is not me in your ass, um, which I love to do. I people say second dick. I do that, but it's not. So anyway, um, <laughs> I said that to say you have an amazing podcast voice. Like you have a radio. Oh voice. no, it's not amazing, but it's no, okay. it's very, it's very, it's crystal clear. It's it's very pronounced. And it's, it's really good. It's a really good sounding situation. I have a theater voice. I project honey to the back seat. Um, but This what is I what will... happens when you give him a compliment, ladies and gentlemen. He takes a fucking mile. But yes, you do. What yes. I was going to say, one thing that I actually dislike, I hate my laugh. And I didn't know I had a problem with my laugh. When I listen back to it, it sounds like wet. And <laughs> like my my laugh sounds just like like a Pillsbury doughboy laugh. Like it just sounds like. How did you come up with that? I don't. I from listening to myself laugh, okay. listening back to the episodes because I edit the episodes and I listen to them after we record. 
And hearing myself laugh, like, the first few times, I was like, what the fuck is that noise? Like, what is that? Why does it sound so wet? Like, I... <laughs> I, I can't agree with you with that. I, so, but I support you and, and your belief. My neuroses, yeah. <laughs> your belief of everything. So, for me, it would be... So, I do not have a lips. However, I do have a thick tongue. And also... My brain works fast and my mouth tries to keep up. And so there's times where I am running over my words. And so I have to literally slow down. So what I start to think in my head is talk as if I'm doing therapy. Mm -hmm. So when I do that, then I'm taking my time and I'm nuts because I'm, I'm thinking of what I'm saying. I'm being very strategic with it. When we talk about different topics, my brain is just going where I want to get all this, what I have information out mm-hmm. so if you guys are similar to that then you know like put a put a thumbs up in the comment section and <laughs> for this episode but that's that's the one thing and, and like you uh you know listen back to the playback of the podcast it's it's the rumbling over my words or stumbling over my words and there's times i'm like I make these statements or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Analogies. And sometimes I think I put them backwards. So it's like, it's like a dyslexic situation, like verbal dyslexia, Mm -hmm. which is not a real thing. Um, (laughs) But it kind of happens at times. So that's, that's, that's my takeaway from, for me. That's um, something I've noticed, but you know, Hey. I just wondered because this is <laughs> this is new for both of us, and I know up until this point, neither one of us has like really listened to ourselves, you know, to this extent. So I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, I've done it. I had to train for therapy. <laughs> no, not not in this situation, mm-hmm. but I had to. I've in training, licensure, whatever, and learn a specific modality of therapy. I had to record my session with clients, so I had to listen back to myself. Mm-hmm. And it was a 16-week course, so that okay. part I've, I've, I've had to do. But, yeah, like, to this extent of, like, us just talking about just normal sh- things that we care about and, sh- and shit and just kicking in, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. But, you know, new adventure. Thank you guys for riding with us for our sneak week, six-week peak. Well, well, there, Say that again. <laughs> well, there you fast. go. Well, there goes one of your. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So There's that tongue again. There, there it is. But you, you don't mind it. <laughs> no, I don't. Exactly. I, th- I feel like we should have a drinking game. Whenever Bruce brings up like a sexual innuendo, like you take a shot <laughs> and then you pass out well, by the end of yeah, our episode. Pass out by in 30 minutes. <laughs> hey, I'm a very sexual person, so. So yes, yeah, people. So friends, you have learned that we had a great week. Yeah. So we let's did. get to these topics. What are we starting with right now? Are we going? Are we going to do the shit? It lost my. Mind. <laughs> 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 it, it, you looked so confident. Well, setting I this did. Up. I had it in you, my head. Like he had like a little skimmy and everything. People. <laughs> I was going to say celebrity. Roundup, but it's reality roundup. Like a celebrity was in my head for some fucking reason. I don't know why celebrity. Maybe because Big Brother just started back this week. We but have it's regular, big, it's brother. regular it's big Brother. It's regular Big Brother. I know big it's brother. not, but 
I, we, I love celebrity. It, again, Freudian slips, right? You know, just charge it to my head, not my heart. So, are you guys ready for Reality Roundup? Beverly Hills. These bitches. Are you ready to get into it? Because and I mean that with the utmost respect. Yes, let's talk about it. So how do you feel about what did down what went down this episode? Okay, so let's start in order of the events that took place. Garcelle's party. Erica telling Garcelle's son, Jax, who is 14, to get the fuck out of here. Well, we need to rewind and start back what Erica Walking was trying to <laughs> fuck Oliver. But this episode, we saw the actual interaction with them and her sitting down and calling him over and calling his wife his baby mama. The thing is with Erica, she's always been a little too comfortable around black folks. Very now, true. Now, I don't know if that's because she's from Atlanta and she feels that she's down. But at the end of the day, ma'am, you are a white woman. You married a very old white man. Right. Case closed. Um, and for whatever reason, she feels as if she's comfortable enough. And her and Garcelle have the type of relationship where she can joke about hitting on her son in front of her, then actually do it, and then tell her other son to get the fuck out of here. Like, it's not... Now, I don't think that is okay for anyone, even someone that has a close friendship. Like, if Cherie did it, it would still be like, okay, that's not okay. But the fact that Erica did it to Garcelle, and they're not that close... Which led you to believe, or what leads me to believe, that she just doesn't care and she's sloppy. And the fact of her really just being disgusting. Like, that's this woman's son. Yes, he's a grown-ass man. And if you find him attractive, that's fine. You do that when the mother is not in sight. But you to disres you're disrespecting me at this point. And you're lusting after my son. Garcelle walked over was like, let's go. And Oliver was like, I get it, mom. You know, he was still trying to be cordial, trying to be nice, trying to be respectful, respectful yeah. to Erica, but she didn't take it too far. Like that puss was, can, she was patting her puss. I can like, understand joking or wanting to be like, like, Garcelle, nah. your son's hot. Like, I, like, nah. okay, let's leave the it. The first time was yeah, cute. That's what I'm saying. The, the first, first time was cute. The 15th time. Yeah. Once she persisted, it was like, okay. Enough is this bitch lifted her enough. fucking leg up and was showing her cootie cat to him. Like his mother is literally fifteen yards away. Come on, like you have to do better. Like I understand you going through some shit. You have alcohol. You got the pills going on. That's fine and dandy. We all like to have a kiki and play. But when someone is trying to tell you to calm down, like, and then Garcelle addresses you that, and like, okay, like. She tried to divert the situation. Like, all right, let's go. Remove my son from this Kruger. Yeah, Erica wasn't picking up on social cues. Um, I'm not one to blame alcohol for everything. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in... I don't remember. I blacked out. Like, she's clearly 
of sound mind and body because she's referencing everyone by name. She's looking at everyone as she speaks to them. She's enunciating herself completely clearly. Like there's there's no excuse to me. I hear you. Um, I will say that there are times you cannot in personal experience. Sometimes when you're inebriated to that point, you can't recall certain details of an event. But you're right. She was coherent enough. So yeah, her behavior was a lot. But when Jax went to get the flowers and she told him to get the fuck out of here. Completely unprovoked. It's not like he was like, I can understand joking if he came over and was like, hey y'all, what's up? Like if he addressed them and was putting himself in an adult's place. And I'm like, boy, what you doing? Get the fuck out of grown folks' business. But he literally just came, grabbed the flowers, and she's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That was it was unprovoked, and it was uncalled for. And I just think that we need to take a moment to give Garcelle the highest praise because every mother I know would have probably walked back in there and... Oh no! But it whooped this with, shit with Monique Samuels, Erica's here. ass. Yeah, like Would've she came her back, she tried to say, "Okay, we're we're talking to each other." So she came back. She tried to say, "Hey, you owe Jackson an apology. You need to make this right." Erica decided to sit her ass down and not say shit. Yes, any other circumstance. She would have been cussed out, or there would have been some furniture moving. But it's also Garcelle's birthday. She's not trying to do that in front of her sons. But also, you've lusted out of one of my children. The second one, you tell them to go get the fuck out of here. Like at this point, it's on site. Yeah. So, I, I definitely think Garcelle needs to be given props for holding it together um of course she doesn't want to look like the angry black woman since she is technically the only black woman on the actual show with the diamond get it i understand it um but the entire situation it was unnecessary and uncalled for and it really speaks to erica's character um, which, of course, has been questionable now for a while. Um, but moving on to another hot moment in the party. It was Kyle, Sutton, and the other bitch. I can't remember her name because Diana. she's not important. Well, she's important enough because she is the new villain now. So it let's give her. her. Hey, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, she's she's landing out there. She's spreading it low and landing wide. So, I don't I don't think that she's important enough to be a villain. Like villains actually carry some type of weight in a storyline, and she just doesn't at all. Like I, when she's not in a scene, I completely forget about her. But the reason why I bring this up was because Kyle basically telling Sutton. That she was lying about having two miscarriages. Who does that? Right. Now that was some privileged type of shit. Um, Kyle was completely wrong for that. Making her statements. And she had the gall to tell her. I don't believe you. In the moment where Seth is trying to connect with Diana. And at least. 
a lack of better terms, apologize for the situation or the confusion that they were having and trying to sympathize with her when Diana talks about having a miscarriage. And for Cal just to one is send you at one just to inject herself into their conversation, number one, as they're having a private moment, just lets you know Cal also this season to me is disgusting. Um, the thing is with Kyle, she came in the middle of the conversation, came in hot, not knowing the context of anything that they were currently talking about, and staked her claim in the conversation and wanted her voice to be heard when she didn't have a point or perspective to bring to the table, which is very Kyle, mind you. She likes to have her fingers and tentacles kind of in every pot on the show. So she saw a moment was happening and wanted to be a part of that moment as she typically does. And this was not a good look for her because she came off as insensitive. She came off as aggressive towards Sutton and kind of a bully. Um, Sutton saw that the conversation wasn't going where it needed to go and was actually trying to get up and walk away. But Kyle forcibly pushed her down by her shoulder and left like a bruise. It, this episode was wild. What I didn't appreciate about the whole interaction was she kept trying to chastise Sutton and telling her, you can't say that, you can't say this, where Diana was saying, whatever came to her mind as it re related to Sutton. And so it was like, well, if you're going to do that for one person, do it for the whole, everybody get the same smoke. So again, this season for me, Cal is overstepping a little more than usual. And like she you knows, she's just trying to have her hands in the mix. But I think that's because you know she's the original OG, and so she feels like her role, she's the glue for this dynamic of the relationship with this woman. So, I think at one point that was the case, but I think as the years go by and we get new housewives and relationships change, I don't think that is her role any longer. At least not naturally. Um, but I feel like she wants that to remain her role. So she's been really butting her nose into situations that don't pertain to her. Right. And I think this season more so than the ones in the past, it's much more noticeable. Where it's like, Kyle, where the fuck did you come from? Like, right. what are you doing here? Yes. Like, this has nothing to do with you. At all. Like, she sashayed her way over there. And it was like, why are you even sitting down right now? Like, they we're having a private moment. But, you know. Kyle will be Kyle, and she was still very much herself when her, Dorit, PK, and Mauricio sat down to not only discuss the situation with Jax and Erica, but to laugh about it. Now, that pissed me the fuck off. First of all, as a black man, you're not going to talk, make fun of this young black man. 14 years old, he gets told by this woman to shut, get the fuck out of here. And you guys are laughing. And then Mauricio said what he, he liked, he was he loved glad, it. he loved it. Like, so let her say that shit to Portia, to your 12 year old, 13 year old daughter. Then how would you feel about that? But it's okay for her to talk to this little young black man to say, get the fuck out of here. And then she's thinking that, oh, he's 16. No, he's 14. Like, it doesn't matter his age. You don't talk to no one's fucking child that way. 
in that manner. And then for those fuckers to be sitting there laughing about it and trying to make light and Cal's like, it's not funny, but it's funny. So I want the same smoke when they talk to your fucking kids about some shit and tell them to get the fuck out of here. Like, I don't want you to respond the same way. And don't be, oh, kids are off limits. Or you shouldn't talk to my child that way. Why the fuck you think our self feels? So, yeah, that was pissed. I was pissed off watching that scene. Like, I want the smoke with all of them. I see. Yeah. yeah. You don't talk. Like no, that. you don't talk to fucking kids like that. You don't talk to no black kids. Fucking white people. On this episode, Erica doing had her privilege and everything like that. You don't talk to that young man like that. First of all, he saw you trying to fuck his brother in front of him. You know, you're showing your pussy, you're doing all these type of things. And then you have the nerve to fucking say, get the fuck out of here. While he's just going to get flowers from his mom. And Crystal was trying to redirect it like, like, Erica, that's not okay. So, yeah, Mauricio, PK... Dorit and Kyle, in that moment, that wasn't your best scene in life. How do you feel about it? PK said that Erica is entitled to a blowout. What happened that night with both of Garcelle's sons, he would consider a blowout. And considering everything that she's been going through, um, it's understandable or it can be forgiven. The bigger issue here I saw in this entire episode was one, Erica thinking that she could talk to anyone's child that way. Two, them not seeing Jax as a child. Erica herself even aged him up two years. It doesn't matter if he's tall. It doesn't matter if he has a deep voice. What truly matters is this particular group, like many white people, they don't see black kids as kids. Right. They see them, all of us, as adults, as people, as grown folks. It, it happens every day. Young black girls are sexualized. Young black boys are sexualized. Case in point, in this episode, uh, Garcelle's older son is not a young black boy, but Still, he was overtly sexualized. Um, that is what's bothering me about all the characters of this episode. How insensitive they are towards the situation. Much like you said, if it was Portia, oh my God, Kyle would be crying. There will be police calls. Yes. Mauricio would be high somewhere plotting. <laughs> like PK, his lip would be quivering and like it, it, it would not it would not be taken as lightly as it was this episode at all, at all. and just just for them to remember this would you want that to happen to your child this is still a child no matter what he looks like how tall he is he is still a child and his mother was there and she tried to get you to apologize and you did not do that and no, I don't, I don't respect you. You lost major points, Erica. But more importantly, these adults talking about this situation and laughing. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. And I don't want to hear, well, he was at the party with adults. There's been multiple Kyle functions where Porsche's ass has been skipping around, right. running through scenes behind the bar, giggling. 
it was Garcelle's birthday party, regardless of where the party was being held. Her family, her kids are entitled to be there. Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter if there's alcohol happening. The adults should have the wherewithal to govern themselves and know what their limits are. I am aggressively an adult and I know what my limit is. So if I'm around a space that have that has children, I'm not going to get belligerent to a point where if I'm easily irritated, I'm going to snap at somebody's kids. Right. Like that's me having self-control, mm -hmm. which everyone should have. And there's no excuse as to why they shouldn't, regardless of if they're being sued, what's going on, if their husband is, you know, losing his mind, children's and orphans and burn victims. Like, no, that's no excuse in my book. Right. Well, I want to pick your brain about the conversation that Kyle had with Sutton at the dinner. Her um, lack of apology or her feeling she could not get her apology out because Seven was over talking her. So how did you see that? Sutton wasn't over talking her. Sutton was just trying to get the truth out. Uh, what Kyle tends to do is she goes on. She'll quickly try to apologize for something, move past her part that she played and get back to either what offended her or what she noticed about the other party. And that's what she was trying to do with Sutton. And Sutton was like, well, hold on. You <laughs> came over in the middle of the, like yeah. Sutton kept bringing it back to what was actually the facts of the situation right. pertaining to her and Kyle. And somehow I, I just don't think Sutton has like the, the like she doesn't care about, keeping something alive like she'll just let it go i'm like okay whatever let's just get back to having a good dinner so she didn't really stick it to kyle the way i thought that she should have like to me she didn't finish her thought like kyle needs someone to really lay into her for her to understand and get it because she'll just giggle and want to move past it like she'll like that's what i've noticed about kyle every one else has kind of atoned for their sins in the past, like Lisa Renna, Lisa Vanderpump. Like everyone's been had their feet held to the fire for mm -hmm. things that they've done, except for Kyle. She kind of skates by every single season doing shady things here, snarky things there, but she's never like dragged for it the way the other women have in the past. Well, I can tell you this reunion, I believe Garcelle would definitely hold her feet to the fire because I can guarantee you that conversation that she had with her husband and PK and Dorit will come up just like it did last season at the reunion when they did this. They, them four, had the same ha ha kiki regarding Erica's situation. Mm hmm. And the Pasadena and the snow and the car flipping. Mm. So I'm quite sure this will come up in the reunion. I totally echo what you're saying. I feel the reason why Sutton did not let it ass out is because her loyalty with her and her friend. And she doesn't like conflict because she starts to get emotional and i think because she's done with so dealt with so much conflict with getting her settlement from her ex-husband or boyfriend or whoever 
you know, she's just like, I ain't got time. I don't want to fight with you. Like, if you're my friend, be my friend. You know, um, you we can correct each other on certain things, but in that moment, Kyle was completely wrong. And I don't think she should have tried to even offer up an explanation. Just, I think she came in with the wrong energy. I think she should have said, I'm sorry. I didn't know what was, once Sutton explained the situation, she said, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I misheard things or I misunderstood the whole conversation and left it at that. But when you go try to explain the reason why you did, did said what you said, then you're not really sorry about what you did. You're trying to justify it for yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if we can continue with the housewives as it is because some of these chicks are really just getting out of hand. We were left on a cliffhanger with Lisa Rinna uh, confronting Sutton with Diana's words. It was unfortunate because, again, Diana <laughs> left out everything she said during the during the confrontation and only focused on what Sutton said. And, of course, Lisa, having only one side of the argument, went in guns blazing. I just hope Sutton holds it together next week and clearly articulates her side of it. I hope Kyle gets drawn, brought in. I just I just want to see these women read for filth because they've been running amok for so long now and they need to be held accountable for their horrible ways. Yeah. I I want to discuss Lisa Renna and Twitter and all the things that she's been doing, all the backlash she's receiving regarding and rightfully so her actions with alleging that because they have an argument with the Garcelle mm. that doesn't make them racist yes and her words were if you think that then you need to go watch Real Housewives of Dubai which as a result <laughs> one of the Housewives of Dubai asked plainly what do you mean by that Right. Which is a very valid question very. since the Real Housewives of Dubai is made up majority of uh, black black women. Yeah. To the point where they went back and <laughs> one tweeted Renna back and said, Renna, Africa is calling. They want their lips back. You know, so. We don't want them lips, child. <laughs> um, it's it's a lot that's going on this season with Beverly Hills. And Lisa has experienced trauma and the death of Lois. And again, R.I.P. You would think that this experience will humble her or take her to a different place of understanding. But she's kind of on the same type of bullshit. And someone can say, well, she could be acting out, right? She could be processing her feelings that way through the things she's doing currently, but I don't know. I don't know if I will give her the type of grace for that. I think she's very aware of what she's doing. And because there's always been this sense since Garcia has been on the show of them making a point to say, we don't have a racial issue here. We don't, we don't treat her this way. Even when Garcelle mentioned, like, I didn't feel welcome into the circle. Like I didn't feel a genuine welcomeness. 
and you guys never wanted to understand me as a black woman. And they immediately went to that whole shame and get like, oh, no, no. It's just like, well, you're not hearing me. And case in point, when Kathy Hilton mentioned, I don't see color. And Garcelle's like, well, if you don't see color, you don't see me. So there's always been this underlying theme of recent since Garcelle's been on the show about race. So Renna is putting her foot in her mouth. And I believe the people on the Twitter or black Twitter are calling for her to be fired, right? There's been rumblings. Yes, people are uh, sick of her shit. I just hope that, or I'm curious to see if Andy is going to call her out on it the way he called out Candace on The Real Housewives of Potomac about being a nightmare on Twitter. Because Lisa Renna at this point is a nightmare. Her Twitter fingers are... (laughs) on a rampage and she really needs to dial it back i think for lisa it started as like promotion for the show like let me be a mess on twitter and get shit rumbling right but now it's kind of taken a life of of itself and yeah i i mean i wouldn't want to see lisa go because i feel like she's a great agitator on the show um she's a great bone collector she fits that role perfectly um, but she definitely needs to reevaluate. She needs Eileen back. She needs Eileen back holding her hand yeah. and kind of putting her back on the rails and being like, snap out of it, bitch. Like, share. Snap out of it. Snap. Like, she yeah. needs a good slap in the face. Because Eileen would bring her back and also some of these other women. She would, I think, get them together and be the sound voice of reason. So... These chicks are a mess. Um, I can't wait for next week. I hope Lisa gets cussed the fuck out. I hope Erica... Oh my gosh, did you see how shook Erica was standing next to Garcelle? Like that whole... That whole, or what, energy from last season to sudden is out the door, honey. She did not have that smoke. She did not have that attitude. No. Anything of that sort that she had towards Sutton... She was basically a, uh, she was quiet as a church mouse in church. Yes. Because she, she I'm was. I'm coming for you, bitch. Yeah, was she was scared there. of Garcelle. She was definitely scared of Garcelle. And Garcelle was trying to keep it cute. You could tell she was containing herself because she wanted to address the situation at hand. But it's not the right moment. So I can't wait. I hope next week they have that moment. They can have it out. And I, I truly hope Garcelle does it in a way where it's, it's tactful, tasteful, and let you know if you had that one and I gave it to you because it was my birthday. But don't let these cameras get you fooled, bitch. I will drag your ass in this motherfucker. I don't think That's Garcelle, the smoke I want from Garcelle. I don't think Garcelle could do it any other way. She's a classy lady. And you can tell she's aware that her kids may watch the show and her kids' friends may watch the show, just the way she conducts herself. Mm. Um, that's why I'm hoping Sheree will be that bitch to handle her lightweight. Sheree took the mirrors off like, so what are we doing? Like, oh, you need like, back up? <laughs> what are we doing? But no, Garcelle's that Haitian mama. Like, Haitian mamas, you know, Haitian mamas, I need her, I need that to come all the way out because... You don't play with my child. Like, you play with one, now you play with two. Nah. Nah, kid. 
Well, that concludes my perspective <laughs> on this week's episode of Beverly Hills. What about yours? Yeah, you could wrap this up in the bow. You know, we're anticipating for next week's show. We are very much excited for that. And we see what happens. We will see what happens. So we are going to take a quick break and then come back with some more reality roundup. All right. Let's start with what? Uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. This is something new. This is season two. Yes. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Mm -hmm. Season one was phenomenal. We didn't know what to expect. It was so fun. So light. It was so fun. So airy. I think they went with it like, we can do whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't really know what's going to happen with this. And it worked out for them because we saw some train wrecks. So season two, we have, who do we have from different seasons? We have, diff we have what cities are right there? So we have Orange County, Atlanta, and New York. And that's it. That's it, actually. It's just yeah. multiple, it's multiple women from, from those yeah. three places. Um, yeah, it's hard to believe that. It's only three cities. <laughs> because we have... So, Eva, Eva from Atlanta. Uh, Phaedra, Phaedra. Yes. Dorinda from... Uh, New York. Well, no, yeah. And uh, Jill from Jill New York. Jill Zarin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Vicky... And from Orange County. And, then and Tamara. Tamara. Oh, and Beverly Hills. Oh, Beverly Hills. Oh, this exactly how, how are we forgetting Baby, the legend? She needs Brandy. her introduction. Brandy Gladville. Grant Glanville. Glanville, Gladville. I'm glad she's here on the Ville. <laughs> Brandy is my best friend in my head. Because I'm here with all her shit and her shenanigans. And her antics. They're great. So we Everything. caught up on all of the episodes currently available on Peacock. Um, and I have to say, it's amazing. It It is a great introduction. Oh, we have Taylor. We forgot about Taylor from Beverly Hills. Oh, can't forget about Taylor and the lips. And Taylor. We can't forget about Taylor. Can't forget about Oklahoma Taylor. Sorry bitch. about that, Taylor, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, it's a great way to introduce you to cities if you don't watch them mm -hmm. or if you haven't seen them in a while. Like for me, I actually haven't seen or watched an episode of OC since Tamara's first season. And I know if you're an OC fan, you probably just gasped at that because that's probably about eight, nine years ago. <laughs> but yes, it's been a while for that franchise for me. But it's good to see Vicky crazy insurrectionist ass again. <laughs> um, it's great to see Taylor and this plumped face. It, it's it's a really good season so far, don't you think? It's a good season. So I never was a OC fan. I knew about Housewives with OC. I maybe tried to watch maybe one or two episodes. Didn't catch it. I didn't get on to... Housewives until Atlanta season one, so okay, That's family the third yeah, franchise. yeah, so second the second franchise, right? No, New York was second. Oh well, shit, yeah, I New York was a hit and miss, you know, Bethany and everything, but yeah, it wasn't until Atlanta where I really got into Housewives, mm -hmm. and so learning who Vicky is, she's interesting, Peel, but she's swallow. good TV. She is good TV. She's a she's a hard put to swallow. Tamara, I love Tamara. Tamara is Tamara's, Tamara's, Tamara's my type of girl. Mm -hmm. Listen, Tamara could come to the cookout. 
Okay, she come. She can even bring a dish to cook out. It'll she have can't raisins, bring potato man. salad, but she could bring a salad. It'll still <laughs> have fruit. raisins in it. That's fine. She can bring <laughs> something. That's, I'll deal with a salad with raisins. Brandy, I love Brandy. Phaedra, I'm going to leave her last. Uh, Jill Zarin, uh, kind of indifferent about her. Okay. Somewhat. Dorinda is an interesting character. Uh, Dorinda is the character. Let's be honest. Dorinda is the reason for the season on this particular season of Ultimate Girl Strip. One, because they're in her fucking house. They're, no, sorry. They're her manor. Sorry, yeah. it's not a house. It's a manor. I stand corrected. They're in give her with, manor. Give it the respect it needs. It definitely deserves the respect. I... But where the fuck is it? <laughs> in Boston. Okay, sorry. Yes. I love Dorinda. I'm obsessed. I, again, I was a big fan of New York, but I kind of stopped um, a little bit before Dorinda joined. So this is my first time really, I knew of her, but I'm getting to know her and I'm obsessed. Now, would you be obsessed if you were staying at the manor and have to follow all the fucking rules? Yeah, because I You'll follow still be rules. obsessed. Yes, with, I, with I'm fine with not wearing shoes in the bedroom, not eating in the bedroom. It is a house that is over 100 years old. Like, you can't just replace shit if it gets damaged. Like, this is historical things in her home. Like, I completely get it. I understand. It's simple request. It's not like she's saying, you know... Don't sleep in the bed. So you find with her putting her fingers in your food. Oh, and I'm not fine with that. And breaking lobster. Okay, because no, no. Okay. I mean, breaking a lobster. You know, I need help in that department. I'm not about to, you know, snap that shit with my bare hands. So if she wanted to offer, I would gladly accept. But, but man, no, like licking the fingers and the lasagna. And I put lasagna like, like, come on. I'm man. like, I, I'd make my own plate, Dorinda. Yeah. Thanks, but i think i'm she's fasting great. right now like she's <laughs> she's great towards eva and phaedra because they're just being cool well like okay. if you're cool with her and you like abide by her simple rules she's fine with you so speaking of eva love her to death you know la girl all day to me she do no 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 wrong in my eyes um beautiful family Eva needs to be back on Real Housewives, period. I don't know why she's not there. She did this. She can do a season of Housewives. So that's my two cents on that. So Eva is even killed. It's, you don't bother me. Let me smoke my weed. Mm -hmm. Let me, you know, smoke my cigarettes also here in between of that to keep the high going. And she's fine. Phaedra Parks. Andy has had a hard on to get her back. Because Since she's good TV and you need to accept left. that. I don't doubt she is good TV because she is. I am a loyal person and a friend, and I've been rocking with Candy and ever friend. since. <laughs> like, and I know friend. Okay, <laughs> tell Candy I said, hey, next time you speak to her, yeah? <laughs> Listen, I've been rocking with Candy since, you know, 1994, 95. And that type of rumor, that type of thing, the thing which you did, and I think it's because of her position in life, her, her status, and also her employment. You being a lawyer and you putting lies out. Now, granted, lawyers fabricate and lie for their living. For living, yes. But you put a story out there that was damaging to someone. And so, Andy, being the messy queen that he is, he 
also understands his dynamic with, with Candy, so he doesn't want to fuck that up. But he was like, okay, well, I have another show. I could put Phaedra on there. Candy would never be there, so I'm not really doing my friend wrong, and I'm still getting what I want, which is some messy boots to me, in no, my opinion. It's what a producer should do. Phaedra is excellent TV. She gives amazing, hilarious one-on-ones. Why wouldn't you want her back on your network? She's because she on. lied about she lied. Made a, she created a complete lie about someone trying to rape someone with a narcotic and having a sex dungeon. That's why. Well, she's great TV. <laughs> so she, fuck up. So fuck the allegations. So she just. I mean, I think it's been long enough. No one's saying bring her back to Atlanta with Candy on the show. No one's saying that. But if she can be on a completely different franchise, serving the same purpose that she once did, feeling that same entertaining role, why not? Like, this has literally been the week of Phaedra. She's been on Ultimate Girls Trip. She was on an episode of Dubai, even though no one's watching that. Um, Andy wants her. You can tell Andy is really lobbying to have her come back. And I completely understand it. I said it. In an episode, a few episodes of Go on this pot, that Phaedra needs to be back on Atlanta, and I would gladly trade her for Candy. I'm no, sorry, no. she is just entertaining. She's that subtle shade that I feel is synonymous with the South, um, and it's she's doing a glowing job in the Berkshires with all these white women. Well, she's not really obsessed. doing much of anything. She's just, uh-huh, yeah, and agreeing. She's not really doing much of anything. I think she's being on her P's and Q's because, again, she knows the world's watching. We know you're a liar. Like, it's factual. There's facts behind it. And she's trying to reinvent herself. I think she's trying to get back in the good graces. Also, this blonde wig situation. Not a fan Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot see the look I just gave my husband, but if you could, no. Phaedra, you weren't rocking blonde wigs, so now all of a sudden you want to do... Again, I think... She, is she even practicing law? I mean, at this point, why would she? Be, <laughs> like, it, I'm sure I she makes more serious money. If I was a judge. She makes more money probably doing appearances or... You know, coming back to Bravo than she would actually studying, reading, looking over... And nobody has time to work anymore. Like if you can make as much work money, beneath you. if you could do, if you can make as much money, you know, sitting at a tea table, uh, you know, in a cute lace front, laughing at white women be drunkards, then why wouldn't you? I mean, listen, this podcast take off. I would still do therapy on the side. I'm just saying. You know, or when it takes off, you know. When we well, when this podcast takes off, I ain't doing shit. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, let's talk. Are we talking or are we talking? I'm going to be a professional uh, puppy dad and a husband. What is your occupation? Uh, I'm a well, person we'll of the world. The time too, so. I'm a person of the world. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm obsessed with this entire cast. I will tell you that Jill Zarin is a fucking legend. And I really wish... They put more respect on her name. She's the only person that has ever really had Bethany shook. Scary Island. Shout out to the folks that remember. Um, but yeah, I'm really I'm I'm loving I'm loving this uh, mix of gals. Well, what's funny for me is one Brandy and her antics, what she does, everything, what she's doing, 
is being her, you know, talking about lesbianism and, and calling everyone and, a bitch and bitch and fuck you and shut the fuck up and, mm-hmm. and people and they're losing their I shit. I was a bitch boy. They're losing their complete shit. All oh, right, she called even husband uh, vaginal boy or, oh, or, or a mangina. Mangina. She called it, uh, and she was <laughs> trying to say it in a in and in a empowering way. Mm-hmm. Of basically saying like, oh, he takes care. Like, you don't have to train him to take care of his kids. Like, he just does that willingly, willingly by himself. So it was very interesting. But Brandy, I'm here for all her mess, all the shit that she does. But what was interesting in this episode of uh, episode, I believe five that we saw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they had an OTF. So on the fly, and it was with. I think Jill Zarin went first in the room, and then Phaedra came in there with oh, yeah. with her and consoled her because consoled her. she was and upset from Dorinda. Dorinda walks in, and mm-hmm. then Eva comes in, and then Taylor comes in. So it's like the whole downstairs party came upstairs, and it was a big moment. Mind about, you, the entire time Jill was crying, <laughs> and then Dorinda because she didn't want to have Eva had to go to sleep early because she had to. Record for her nationally syndicated show mm-hmm. with Ricky Smiley, and so Jazarin was asking can she be on the show, and Jill, and even was even get read her was like, oh, you need clearance. We're nationally syndicated. You need clearance for this show. And Dorinda felt she shouldn't have asked her all these questions about that and probed her and about the show, and it was just a hot mess. Which led to Dorinda and Jazarin having a blowout, and then. Be, Prior to that, let's get preclude what happened. They went to a bourbon tasting, mm-hmm. so brown liquor was kicking. And, and, it, and with brown, if y'all know about that brown kapow. liquor, is it, emotions and fights. That's all it. That should be called emotions and fight. That's what brown liquor should be just be called. Just right, emotions and fights, tears, emotions and fights, because that's what's going to happen when you have that brown in your system. For some people. And that's what that's what uh, happened with this situation, and it was just it was very funny to watch and see how it all played out. Then it went to Jill and everyone. Jill talking to Dorinda about you didn't support me, <laughs> and just past things were brought back up. And I can understand that when we have friendships of certain people, and who you because Jill brought Dorinda on right. Oh no! Was no, it, it wasn't. No. Uh, it wasn't Jill. It was one of the other chicks. Um, but no, Jill didn't bring her on. But Jill congratulated her once Dorinda was a part of the show because at that okay. point Jill was no longer on. Rome. Okay, and she's and Jill and De, Jill or Dorinda talk about being there for they were passing of, of husbands or boyfriends mm-hmm. and things. Husbands, so yeah. yeah, just a real a real friendship. And you know things, and you don't feel supported in that. And I, I can attest to that with people, in, mm-hmm. in life. So it happens. You know it does. It and you just, I think, with that situation, when you come across that with friends, you just have to just look at who the person's showing you who they are now, and mm-hmm. no matter how many years you may know them or, or done things with them, and just have to accept where they are. Because, and this is the biggest thing I tell people until patients all the time is seasons changing in in life right we have winter spring summer fall we have 
No problem acclimating to that. So why do we have a problem with our friendship change? Like we have, and if we treat them that same way, you take the emotional part off of you, you know, and it's not so detrimental to you when you see the changes happening. It's like, okay, I recognize it. Just like when we're in summer now, a few months from now, we'll be in fall. Pack every summer clothes, put them away, and bring out the Birkins and bring out the scars. You know, it's just what I has think, to happen. I think because everyone, it's a natural human trait. We put expectations on people, everyone in our lives. Relationships, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers. We have an expectation that they are supposed to meet based on who they are in our lives. Based on the title that we give them. Okay. Best friend. You should be more to me than other people. You should dedicate more of yourself to me than other people do. Because you're my best friend. Sister. You should do this because you are my sister. Instead of just realizing that people are people. We're all individuals. We all have our own experiences and shit that we're dealing with. So we can't be what you want us to be at the time you want us to be. So I'm a firm believer of just not putting expectations on anyone regardless of who they are. Um, I'm not even really big on titles. Like how many times have you heard me use the term best friend? I mean, I did for a minute, but then I realized like I don't really have a best friend. I have good friends. Mm -hmm. I have friends. I have good friends and I have acquaintances, but I don't really have a best friend because once I give that weight and that power to someone, it's going to be an expectation that I have and it's going to be an unrealistic expectation. So it's like, I'd rather just not even do it. Like, I'd rather just not do it. Like, I think you have best friend. I think you have, I don't think it's in one person. And I'm the type of, I come from the belief of, of the belief you can have multiple best friends because just like everything you're not going to get everything from one person mm-hmm. um and so i feel like in those dynamics you know you either say best friends or besties or whatever and you get different things from different people because you need and at times you need those specific if i if i know i want to turn up i know who to call for that if i know i want to be bougie as fuck i know who to call for that if i want to you know, do some ratchet things. I know who to call for that. And some people are are interchangeable and they <laughs> they overlap in yeah. all these areas, categories, right? Yeah. So I just think that I hear what you're saying, putting the expectations on people. And I'm just saying there's times where their relationships change unexpectedly that you had no clue about. Mm-hmm. Or, and it's a situation where it's like, okay, well, when you reevaluate and and I can say for myself, I've looked at situations and I've I've internalized for myself and was like, well, shit, am I a bad fucking friend? <laughs> like, if this happened multiple times, am I the common denominator? Like, let me kind of re- reevaluate things, and it may have you question certain things. So, but all that to sum up the situation, back to girls, <laughs> they were doing, they were having that conversation, Jill, Zarin, and Dorinda, and so it just kind of led us to explore our conversations about friendships and how we mm-hmm. feel about it so but is that it for girls trips? i feel like we kind of that was the I feel premise like we, of everything right th- it's them. been the strong premise like this 
Ultimate Girl Strip is different than a regular Housewife Seasons. There's never really like a strong narrative. It's usually the, just them doing fun shit every episode and like haphazardly getting into like, you know, drama and stuff around it. So there's no strong overarching arching like narrative. So, you know, we summed up who they are, if we like them or not. I think we can move on to the cornerstone of this episode. Which is Married at First Sight. So this podcast will not be 15 hours, unlike Married at First Sight, if you're a fan of the show. Oh my gosh. They oh my <laughs> Lifetime gosh. has said, you know what? We're just showing movies and Married at First Sight. That's and it. different interviews. <laughs> That's it. Lifetime is in its Married at First Sight era. It was about women beatings and like <laughs> bashing in I'm the not 80s laughing that and way. 90s. I'm not say the way you said that. And then it turns like imp women empowerment. Yes. And now it's just all about Married at First Sight. That's it. That's all they have. They Did like we MAF. need a three hour episode that only included one wedding? No, we did not. And we did not need the prequel to that, which was five hours it's so it's getting out of hand like i am a big married at first sight fan mm -hmm. we've been watching it for seasons right but now it's starting to get to the point where it's kind of not enjoyable for me like i watched the episode this week i labored through the episode because i was like one it's three hours wow two the other season just ended like literally the last season was like last week it, it and that was 80 episodes like how like i don't need a year around married at first sight like i, I like to miss things how do you feel i'm thankful that we have it recorded and we can fast forward through some shit <laughs> so Mainly the that's how i am able to 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 forge ahead with the show because we have the ability to fast forward through the slow-mo shots of them turning and putting on a coat or turning and running down the street or drinking like, a, a mug of coffee like, staring into the distance it's unnecessary shit it's filler scenes that they're, that they're doing and it's unfortunate and that's why this shit is like three and a half hours. Mm -hmm. There's no that can be an easy hour. I'll give you hour and a half. The things that Absolute we see max. Easy hour and a half. Hour and a half, and that's pushing it. That's yeah. pushing it. But they have to pay for the sponsorship, they have to pay for the bills, and so I, I I don't get it, but I get it. And so, like you said, this week episode, so it was showing the bachelor party and the bachelorette parties and them going talking to their friends and telling their friends, hey, you know, there's a camera crew here, and this is why you're here because I'm about to get married. And the friends would be like, "Oh my God, you're what? going to get married? What? Who does that? Who I've never heard that? of this show before. Where am I? Who's going to marry a stranger? Yeah, it, yeah, it's so I could do bad without that completely. <laughs> I mean, mainly because you never see the friends ever again unless they have like a contrived dinner at the apartment. It, I, I could care less about that. I could care less about the conversations with family that they pretend to either be okay with it or they pretend to have an issue. Well, some are good, though. So some conversations are good with the family. Case in point, Justin and his brother. Justin is the six foot eight black guy. And his brother, who 
I felt maybe Justin was adopted, but then watching the wedding and seeing he has an uncle who's 6'11". Yeah, so, you know, maybe the maybe. short, pudgy jeans skipped him. I don't it know. May be, it maybe it did. But the brother, if Justin sees him as a father figure, he basically said he raised him from 14 to 19 years old. And so for his brother, that's, for his brother not to be supportive, I understand you may have concerns, but Justin ended up crying in the scene, one scene. As he's trying to explain to his brother, well, listen, I was engaged before five years ago. She broke my heart. I'm ready to be married. And his brother not to pick up on that that cue that I'm being vulnerable right now. And his brother's actually crying. You're not consoling him. I have a problem with that. Especially, I'm like, this black man is being very vulnerable with, mm -hmm. with you right now. He's sharing with you and how he feels. And you're just being this, I, I said asshole, basically. Because I can see you being the older brother and wanted to protect him. I get that. But he's, he's breaking down crying in front of you. How can you not respond to that? How did you see that situation? I didn't see it that way. I, I don't think that he was aggressive. I just think that he was assertive in his stance, which I could respect. Because a lot of people, you know, when their loved ones tell them they're getting married to a complete stranger in two weeks. They're like, oh my gosh. And then you see like the one on interview and they're like, I don't know. So I did respect the fact that his brother actually told him to his face like, I don't feel good about this. I don't think you're ready. It was honest, right? And I mean, I don't think that it was disrespectful. Yeah, he could have like, you know, rubbed him on his back and given him a hug. But I don't think that that's their dynamic. I feel just from this one episode that maybe his older brother kind of took that father figure role so he had to he had to be a bit more tough and stern with him and less of a friend slash brother role and maybe that is still their dynamic now even though they're both aggressively adults um yeah i mean yeah it, it would have been great if he consoled him a little bit but i didn't think that it was like the worst thing that he didn't so let's run with what you're saying right so let's say if it was his parent if you sharing something vulnerable and you're actually showing emotion and you're crying how would you feel your parents not consoling you or not not even addressing the fact that you are being vulnerable in this moment that's still problematic to me yeah the fact so the fact that this is your brother Hell holds even more weight. It's like, listen, and your brother's married and his wife is there. Even the wife didn't even say shit. She was just sitting there like, the can fuck I you crying speak for? Now? <laughs> basically, yeah, she basically was like, can I speak? You know, and so I, that's just how I saw that instance. However, the bigger question, couple number five, Stacy and Nate. Stacy. Stacia. Stacia, excuse me. She reminded me of a girl named Stacy. I know. Stasia emancipated herself like Mimi at 17. And they just brushed right over it. And she was sitting with her mother in the bridal shop. Like, looking at dresses. That story. I need all of that story. I don't need a slow mo of her running up a hill. <laughs> I want to know why she emancipated herself. How did her and her mom get back on track? Like, I hope that comes up in the subsequent ep episodes, which I'm sure it will because it's Lifetime and they love drama and they love milking. Right. Well, she did address story. the fact that in her sophomore year or it had to be either senior year that she was she had to be 17. And so I want to say senior year, she was playing volleyball and her mom 
her family was going to move. And so she didn't want to move. And so she said, hey, I don't have to move. I can emancipate myself. Although someone had to probably feed her that information. We've been there before with a teenager in our home. <laughs> so, and she followed through it and actually won. And, and it's very hard to emancipate yourself because you have to show that you can take yeah, care like of yourself. Like 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 there's a I whole legal process with this whole thing. So the fact that, so once she had support, because she stayed with a, a friend of her team parents. So there was a lot with that. And I'll just leave that there. So, but I like, yeah, like you, I want to know how did you get back on track with your mother? Because if you emancipate from me, you might as well don't call me your parent ever again because we're going to have a problem. Well, now look who's the non consoling oh. parent. <laughs> Listen, now, how would that look? How would you feel you. if it was a parent? <laughs> like, uh, let me tell you, if one of our children said, I'm an emancipate, you can emancipate your ass all the way to, to, Tim Buck fucking too. Like I'm, you lost a parent. Well, what if they were crying? Would I, you? At that point, you want to emancipate? No, ain't no consoling no, at that point. No, no. Um. No. So, Stasia and Nate. Um, Nate is an interesting character. Um, I don't think that they will make it again. Like what we mentioned last week, I just think they're on completely different wavelengths. Um, what do you think about Nate's friends? His circle of friends. It's a motley crew. It's, okay. It's an interesting mix. How so? Um, a lot of white girls that I think he fucked. What about the gay boys? A lot of gay boys that I don't think he fucked. I think he's straight guys can be friends with gay guys. I be- I believe the straight gay alliance, however, comma in high school, the straight dudes who were there for that just happened to be bisexual. When I'm not calling him in the valley. Yes, I, yeah. What's your point? What's that got to do anything? <laughs> Gay guys and meth users. Just saying. No, that's that's a whole different county. No, not the not the San Fernando new. We didn't I don't have think I don't then. think that he's messing around with his gay friends, but I do I absolutely know. think he's messing around with those white girls. I get a feeling he was mad. I feel I feel like. Everyone who's in that room, I feel like his dick went inside them at one point. They got at a some piece, point. They got a they mouth, got a, a taste of the name, <laughs> vagina, a, anal, some. Because it was a, it was a point where the camera panned around, and it said, one of the friends asked, "What if she's jealous?" And the camera panned to every single one of them. I said, "Oh, he don't fuck all of them. Like what? If they've all tasted it. What he? They know what his cum tastes like." That's all I'm saying, Bruce. (laughs) Jeez. What? (laughs) So. This show is called, Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Gay friends talk about. I'm sorry. I'm I'm on my Samantha right now. All right. So, (laughs) moving on to Morgan and Ben. The couple that I will consistently forget about because they are the most forgettable. You can't even think about which couple they are. <laughs> You're waiting on me to describe. <laughs> no. You're this... waiting on me to read my notes to give a description on who they are. No, Ben and Morgan. Morgan. We found out, interesting enough, Morgan is half Japanese. Yes, she is. Her family from a family like of samurai. Yeah. Interesting. Like, aggressively Japanese. Go, yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, but yes, they are a boring couple. Her friend has a chip tooth and smiles way too much. Well, her friend has a chip tooth that Morgan made it happen. She's, 
kicked her in her <laughs> damn mouth. The chip, chip, chip the, in a class, a self defense class or a, a, a kickboxing, kickboxing class. You, I don't know if we're gonna be friends anymore. Right. If you make no. my chip, especially my tooth. if my tooth is still chipped. Maybe if we go to the dentist and you get that shit fixed, then right. yes, I will appear on an episode for a project that you're doing. But if that shit is still snaggletooth, yeah, no. That friend was kind of wearing like a badge of honor. Yeah, she's like, she did this. Like yeah. she, whoever is with her, he better be ready because she can. She chipped my tooth. <laughs> <laughs> She's smiling into the camera. Right. What a loser. Um, okay, we have Kristen and Mitch. Well, let's go back to Ben's. How do you feel about Ben? He was clipping coupons. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely forgot about him. <laughs> see? See how that works? Um, I think that he needs to change his hair. I don't like that, like, Archie swooped back to the side look. It, it, he doesn't have that forehead for it. And by that, I mean he has way too much forehead for it. It's very... Who is Bert or Ernie? Who's the tall one with the hair like that? Is it Ernie? Bert. I think it's Bert. Bert. He's Bert. very Bert. His hair is very Bert. It's very Bert. It's very Bert. And that's not. It's not hot. That's not hot. But he's a bro. So his, all his friends were there. It was the Rainbow Coalition. I loved his friend group. It was one white boy, one black guy, I, it was two very, Asians. It was very U.S. Yes. U.N. It was, it was very, very collective. United I loved it. Nations. But they were very bros, uh, very frat, which I loved also. Mm. But he's a cheap person. Uh, frugal? No, he's cheap. <laughs> frugal was like, I'm watching my budget. This cat was clipping coupons on the bed. He was finding change in the couch, which was production. <laughs> um, he's talking about like not we we could get ice cream with no cone. She could, like she get one scoop. Really, bro. Yeah, that was aggressive, and yeah. I'm pretty sure production had a big hand in it. Like, let's really play it up. It'll be great for TV. I don't think it's that to that point. I don't know. Um, he talked about Bitcoin, investing in Bitcoin. Well, yeah, if he invests in Bitcoin, he ain't got no more money. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to need to be frugal or cheap. He doesn't run the AC. He said, I can open up a window. Well, it's San Diego. It gets Get hot that, in San Diego. That ocean breeze. Let the air in, you know. Um, so yes, that's Morgan and Ben. You feel good about them? Um, we can wrap them up. They're wrapped. <laughs> Kristen like and Mitch. Mitch is cute. Mitch is Mitch probably is the most attractive cute. guy. I, he's pretty fly for, for a white season. guy. Yeah, he. Yeah. I yeah I I can't I can't fault him for that. He's the nicest guy, the sweetest guy. I want the best and the most for him. Unfortunately, they gave him Kristen. I'm not seeing it for her or the fact that she spent her life savings on a trip to Key West, Florida. Well, it was actually a trip, a destination wedding for her to, to Key, Key West. West. Listen. That I'm is a destination for some people, yes. It that is a destination. Technically, she lived, she lived in one GPS. place and she had to go to yes, the destination of another spot. It will ask your destination your and destination type in is, West. You could drive there. Destination does not mean out the country. It just means that you have or reached your nice. place that you want to have your wedding. And she chose Key West. Beautiful place. We love Key West. I, well, I love, I've been there before. Beautiful love gowns. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, she spent her life savings. It was a short life. 
and yeah, Kristen and Mitch. Um, I'm interested to see their dynamic. Oh. Again, I think that she may be too much of a spitfire and firecracker for Mitch's calm. Well, Mitch is saving the earth. earth. He is picking up trash off the beach. He is recycling yeah. everything. He does not. He said he is the guy who will confront you in the coffee shop if you throw away plastic or do something with plastic or do something. He is, he's just very, he's very he's very sensitive he's a sensitive he's a sensitive soul mm -hmm. that is very passionate and i love that about him he reminds me of one of my good friends um and i think that Kristen's not gonna have the patience for it because she's going to be pissed you're going to do clean up another oil spill what about me what about my needs the dolphins can wait well i think she would join him i think because she's a she's an athletic girl she's very fit she's an athletic girl and she's kind of quirky, and I feel like they can do it together. They will have a nice adventure together. I feel like she will make him a little more fun, and he will make her a little more serious. And that's a nice balance that they have. Well, I hope so, because I do think he deserves it. He deserves a really, really good... And I think Kristen can be that one for him. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how they play out. Now, I'm, I would be really interested to see if there's an attraction to... Because they're both, again, Mitch is cute, and I think Kristen, she's 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 a pretty girl. Sure. You know what? Well, who's next? We've got <laughs> Lindy and Miguel. <laughs> now, see, honestly, I would have preferred Lindy to be paired with Mitch. Even though, yes, she's talkative, but she seems like a very happy person. She's the physical therapist. She seems like she enjoys life, even though she doesn't wear jewelry and she doesn't dance. I still feel like she's religion. a happy person. And I think that her happy mixed with Mitch's happy would just be a really happy time. Um, <laughs> Miguel, the Dungeons and Dragons, listen. You know, we everybody's got their something, right? Right. Can't everyone knock him. A, everyone has a kink. Can't knock him for wearing his furry out to a comic book store. But I just don't see how. I don't know. Maybe they can. I see how they match. One, she has her. She's a doc. She has a doctorate. He has a doctorate. So they're equally on that same level mm -hmm. at that point um, in the medical field. So. They have that interest. They have that drive. That takes a lot of discipline to get your doctorate, especially in uh, in the clinical mm -hmm. capacity of a medical situation. So for them, they can bond on that. And she wanted a rugged man. And Miguel, Miguel is like um, he's like a chameleon. There's times where he looks attractive in his like jock situation you know he's his workout gear he's working out and then it's time it's like i don't really know about this cat but he and he's doing his dungeon dungeons and dragons type shit but i feel like they will have a good connection she he will provide to her the manliness that she's seeking and she she always says i, I want a man i need a man and she got these birth and hips and he's gonna do that in his furry outfit with the hey. ears and the whiskers <laughs> And little balls. This is why I say he just needs up, to dress like a jock and give that give that aura off of that. And but I can, I can. I'm interested to know what else that they have that the experts felt that they were a match for. 
Mm. That makes sense what I'm saying. No, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like they're the couple to watch to see because they may grow into something mm. that can be really nice and really good for them. Or they may not. It may blow oh, the fuck or up. Or it may dissipate. Uh, while we're on the subject of Lindy, I'm curious as to why every season there has to be inner turmoil amongst the women. I think that catty cat fight shit is so whack. This episode, it focused on Alexis being asked by the producer what she thought of Lindy. And, of course, she gave that, like, shady compliment of her being a nice girl. And the producer said, now tell me how you really feel. And right. Like, why are we doing this again this season? It happened last season with Alyssa and Lindsay. It happened the season before. Like, why always the women are they pitted against each other? Like, for me, it is starting to become a plot point that's contrived and honestly whack. Like, okay, Lindy talks too much. She's on a TV show. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Stare at the camera? No. Right. Like, chill out. Stop provoking these women to kind of want to fight amongst each other. And let's just focus on the what the show's about. Relationships. Marriage. Right. Because, again, with the personalities, I don't think that Alexis would ever... One, Alexis would ever say something negative towards Lindy. Two, Lindy wasn't coming across like... At all. Aggressive. Or she just likes to talk. She's a shady Kathy. That was it. And She's so, just happy. She's happy to it. be there. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't see it going any further. I really, I hope it doesn't go any further than what their bachelorette party was, because there was no conflict. The only conflict that was there at any bachelor or bachelorette party was Nate telling the stripper to get down, and he, you know, put in whipped cream in her mouth. But that's what you do at that bachelor party, you know. I think some of the people when they attend these bachelor parties. Mm-hmm. They're too judgmental. Like it's oh, it's, it's a bachelor party. Like come on. Like I don't know his future wife's gonna think about. It. Well, shit. That's why it's called a bachelor party. That's why she's not there. Yeah. What it's are the strippers? Have I mean, it's not like she's blowing people yeah. and like like they're doing lines. Like yeah, it was all for fun. It's all for fun. It's and all for fun. That's it. But the wedding that they did showcase was Alexis, Alexis and, and Nate. Justin. It was Justin. Alexis and Justin. Um, she don't want that man. <laughs> He's nice. They enjoyed being there at the altar. But will her pussy ever get wet for him? Absolutely not. The producers asked her, are you... Basically, they asked her, was you attracted to him? And her response was, physically, uh, he's not awful. But he may not be my type by looking at him. But he makes me feel comfortable. Physically, he's not awful. Doesn't that just make your dick throb? <laughs> like, physically, he's not awful. Ooh, someone give me a wet wipe. Wow. How do you even... I mean, looking at the sneak peek last week, I, I, I called it. I knew, like, the way what she was describing, she wants a, a thick-necked football player yeah. built with swag and maybe a gold tooth. And as just we... One. And as we've come to know, Justin is a very sweet, sensitive soul. I love Justin. I am he team Justin. He gives high all fives. Yes. She immediately told him that shit was corny. And she'll right. come to like, find that out rude. that everything about Justin will be corny to her because he's just that type of he guy. Is, he is a. So he is 6'8, 
but he you could tell he is so sensitive in a way that's enduring and that's very manly i feel i feel that he has to be relatable because it's like his whole life he's been you're tall like so i can only imagine that gets tiresome at a point it's like see me for more like he said see me for more than a piece of meat you know besides the fact now the shady ass producers <laughs> he mentioned ladies just want to know if i'm packing and as he said that he picks up a cucumber yeah, that was so <laughs> random. I it was so random. But it was so that. perfect. I loved it. But he talks about that. He mentions the fact like, I'm tired of being used as a piece of meat. And so he's selling it for, what, a year and a half? Mm. And he's just the sweetest. I just off of, he has, he reminds me of a, he reminds me of Black Boy Joy. If I had to put what Black Boy Joy was, I would say him. Because he was so... He has beautiful teeth. He has a beautiful smile. Now, he looks like the male version of Leslie Jones. And yeah. I say that with no shade at all. Because Leslie is beautiful. But peop- but uh, there, I th- being a dark-skinned man who has very pronounced features, right? Sometimes people can't see the beauty in those type of things. And so they see... So they traditionally don't feel like you're beautiful. They don't feel like you... Because you have pronounced features. Mm. And so he has that. So I can see the cuteness in him. I think it's a situation where she will have to get beyond the the surface part of him mm-hmm. to really understand, like, okay, like he he has really good qualities. And again, he's not now. I hate to say the word ugly, because I don't feel I feel everyone has we're all ugly at some point. <laughs> what? We, all, we all have ugly traits. No, we all have. We all ugly we, at some point. There's uh, some people who are. You can look. Oh, okay. We're all ugly at some point. <laughs> Seriously, name of episode. We're all ugly. At some <laughs> I think some people aesthetically they have. Okay, you look. Oh my god, you're gorgeous, or what have you. But I feel that he has attributes that are attractive. That you know. She just needs to take the time to really get past a superficial type of stage. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense what I'm saying? I can see where you're going. I don't see it happening. Let me explain why. Okay. She mentioned no less than several times how she was proposed to three separate occasions. She turned them all down. For her... I think it's going to come down to a superficiality that she's going to, of course, deny that she is going to base on something else. The fact that you guys sat down for your very first conversation and instead of just letting him be who he is, you told him... You need to stop doing something. Yes. In the first five minutes of you guys having a conversation, instead of just letting him express himself however he wanted to, nerves and all. Because, I mean, when you're nervous, you, you know, you react. You do things that are weird. When I'm nervous and I have a glass of water, I'll just keep drinking water. Just, it's just a tick. Everyone has their ticks. Right. Um, And it it, it was just so off-putting to see her already starting to reject aspects of him so early 
because that's what it was. It was a rejection. It was, I don't, I think it's corny. I don't like it. So can you stop? And what he did was in that moment, he was like, oh, I can work on that. Like he, he, again, he wants and I, so much, so much willing to put himself out there and he's willing to change who he is or certain attributes to get the outcome he's looking for. And that's not a good thing. Um, and that's not a thing that leads to longevity. It's a thing that leads to resentment after a while. Yeah. But I honestly don't think that it will get there. Hopefully for him, she will end it because I think that he'll be the type to just go along to get along. He's from the South. He's a gentleman. You can tell before he lived with his brother, he was probably raised around a bunch of women. Yeah, I just get that energy from him, the way mm -hmm. that he communicated with her. And I was like, you go, girl. And, like, you can tell that he's just, he likes women and he respects women. Like Boy Joy. Um, and you can tell that's not something that she necessarily wants. Again, she wants a thick neck. She want a fuck nigga. That's the fuck um, Yeah, that's what it sounds like that she wants. But uh, we will see. Time will tell. This first episode, as long and unnecessary as it was, I guess it was enjoyable. It was three hours that we can't get back. It should have only been an hour and a half. But it was for the moment and for tonight and this week. It was a pleasant situation. Their wedding really made me happy, though. It really made me smile. Them exchanging the vows. They had similar vows to each other. And it was just a beautiful situation. You saw how giddy she was, even though after the fact, she made those comments to him about the high-fiving. It was... I still... I, I had a tear. I was, I was pleasantly surprised with their wedding and her response to him and him to her. And just the words that they say and their family members, their family, everyone on each side were, were teary-eyed. No, so it was a beautiful it was a situation. Beautiful. It wasn't any awkwardness or shadiness that you see in many weddings in the past where it's like one family member that's given the stink eye or trying to, you know, steal spotlight and right. have a story, a little mini storyline. It was, you can tell that everybody was happy to be there and happy for their loved one getting married, which was very refreshing. It was. So let's wrap this up yeah, with because how did you feel on our wedding day? How did you feel with the were you giddy? Were you nervous? Um how did you feel before I was PM on I February was 10th? It, I was excited. Um I started to get a little nervous, probably fifteen minutes before showtime and at that moment i didn't want to sit with it for too long because i have panic attacks and i actually had one like what three weeks before that day and i didn't want i didn't even want to feed into that idea so i was like okay time to go and that's when i was like i told my mom i told my groomsmaids i was like all right let's do this let's go out let's it's it's time i'm ready like let's <laughs> like i just yeah, I was like, I don't even want to think about it anymore because then I'll get into my head and then I'll start getting hot and breathing hard and that wasn't where I wanted to go. What about you? I was super chill until they played the song I walked down to and I was like, oh, so this is what nervous feels like. Okay, I've never really experienced this before. And in that moment, 
I just remember my mom saying, all right, it's okay. Like, take your time. And I had to, like, I was wooing a lot. I just, it was like the tears were starting to come. And I was like, why am I teary eyed right now? It was just, I was filled with so much emotion about what was about to take place with us. Mm-hmm. And, like, it literally, and wiping out everything else that was there, like people there, the, the film production, all that, wiping all that out. But I was just, I was there, like, Okay, like you're about to be someone's husband, bro. Like, all right, you just gotta like get this. And I took a couple of these sides and was like, all right, let's go. And but yeah, it was literally until I heard the music. I was standing in the waiting wing, and I heard the music, and I was like, oh. And I didn't drink purposely because I there were like there's photos of me like in in my waiting area in my uh, bank vault with cocktails and like taking pictures and everything and I was like nope I don't want to have one I don't want to have drunk eye or you know you know start drinking my eyes start to turn a little bit mm-hmm. and I want that for it. and also I just didn't want to kiss you with alcohol in my breath yeah that's gross <laughs> like, I just so didn't want that like <laughs> I know some people like that's their thing like okay you know like alright take a little shot or like take yeah, the edge off not hot. it's like nah I didn't want that I was like I, I did you not drink you want to be present and aware well, Nobody I want to, to be present aware wake up the next morning and spend on that shit yes. yes I want to be very present and aware and at 9.30 after I did dance and I was like I could drink all I want but no the whole day like yeah um, so yeah, it was a beautiful situation very beautiful situation and unlike married at first sight this episode will not be three hours <laughs> um so i feel pretty safe with us cutting it to a close right now how do you feel about that i feel good we talked about everything we had some hot topics you know we touched on who we feel may work who we feel may not work some ratchetness that we saw and we shared a personal story which i think our friends would appreciate of hearing that and just again if you want to see our wedding it's on amazon prime it's called i want that wedding it's episode number four it's only one season of the show we're episode number four so you know i think you could purchase it or rent it just check it out see what it's like and before we go I want to read another five-star review from Apple Podcast from Donnie1215. It says, Bruce and Davion are quickly becoming the highlight of my podcast week. I appreciate their opinions as individuals and them as a couple puts a smile on my face. Oh, thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Donnie. We appreciate you. We, th- we thank you, friend. Hey, friend. And we thank all of you for listening to another episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. You guys, we say it every week and we'll say it again. You have one hour to be with us. We appreciate you taking the time out, but you have 23 more hours to be with yourself. So be kind to yourself. Be gentle and just enjoy life. And, you know, remember it's short. And we're here for a moment. So make all the best you can make it, okay? Bye. Bye, friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? (laughs) This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. 
Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>